Well, good morning, y'all. Today we are uh, closing out our series that we've been in, What is the Least I Can Do and Still Get Into Heaven, as we've been uh, exploring what is the minimum threshold for us at the end of the day to be able to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're going to end up in the right place. And so today... Um, As our last topic, we're going to explore this idea of what is the least amount of time I can spend on my relationship with God and still get into heaven. Because the truth is, if we're honest with ourselves and honest with other people, we'd probably all say, you know what? I ain't got time for all this God stuff, right? I got too much going on in my life. If we're to look back at how... Um, how it all started. It started with God reaching down and with his own hands forming the first man from the dust. And the Bible makes a point of saying that while that man was formed and created by God, that man was not yet alive. It wasn't until God himself breathed into that man the breath of life that we became fully alive. And in that moment, all of human life was suddenly set apart from the rest of creation because we weren't just alive physically. We were created as as spiritual beings with the breath of God that flows through our lungs created to be connected to our Creator. And yet, somewhere down the line, it it feels like we just lost it. We lost our spirituality. We lost that connection with God, and now it's just easier to go through the motions of life and do the daily grind completely checked out than it is to do anything remotely spiritual. And I think deep down, if we're honest with ourselves, that spirituality, it scares us. Because it threatens the way that we live our lives. I think we intuitively know that if we're going to really be fully in as spiritual beings, that... We have to make a lot of changes, a lot of sacrifices. And so we keep our spirituality safely tucked away in the corner of our lives until it becomes a distant memory. And after a while, it feels like it's not even there anymore. But every now and then, something happens. We see something. There is something that occurs and there is this tugging at my heart that is this gentle reminder that there really is something more. It's a simple nudge that tells me that I am part of something that goes way beyond the realms of this world. And in those moments, It's like my soul almost seems to wake up from its slumber and remember. Oh yeah. 
this is who I really am. I was created for something way more than just this. I would um, contend that the number one reason why um, our spirituality does not feel comfortable for us is that we made an unconscious decision early on in our lives to live counter to the way that we were created to live. That every day that we wake up, we fill our lives with something other than the stuff of God. We um, fill our days with the stuff of work, with the stuff of kids, with the stuff of errands, with the stuff of pure nothingness. But whatever it is, it's nothing that even remotely resembles anything spiritual. And so our soul lies in the background and begins its hibernation. How then do we live differently? How do we change the purpose of our life from just blindly walking through the daily grind day in and day out to walking in God daily? Where there is this everyday understanding and comfort with the fact that I am a spiritual person. That this is who I was created to be. I believe that it's living for God in such a way that there is this passion that permeates every aspect of our life, and it's more than just going through the motions of doing religion. This is about pouring our whole being into something where we live with our soul fully awake every day. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that uh, the vision statement here at Westridge is designed to reflect the fact that we are committed to bringing people through a spiritual continuum, that we want to help people grow stronger in their faith and deeper in their relationship with God, and we break it down into three movements. We call it the three E's. And so we say that Westridge exists to help people encounter, embrace, and embody the radical love of God. And we say it's a continuum because the Bible teaches that we never stop growing ever. And so we use these three movements as a way to kind of oversimplify and describe how it is that we grow deeper in our faith in God. And so over the last few weeks, we've already talked about the first two E's. And so this morning, I just want to focus in on that last one. And it's that word, embody. That we are embodying the radical love of God. That we are so connected to who we are, of who we were created to be, that we are really embodying the person that we were created to be. This is where we can say that my relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in my life, and it drives everything I do. 
Look at that statement for a moment. Just reflect on that. My relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in my life, and it drives everything I do. How many of us can say that that's true? How many of us can say that every decision that we make, the way that I prioritize my schedule, the way that I prioritize my life, is reflected in this statement? I would guess not for most of us. And because, to be honest, this is the toughest place to get to in our relationship with God because to get here requires a significant amount of sacrifice and life change and tenacity. I mean, just listen to the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke chapter 9. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, in other words, whoever wants to follow me in a real way, must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. You just listen to the words of that verse, and there's nothing that makes you go, oh yeah, I want to take up my cross daily. Right? That doesn't sound like very much fun. But again, what he's saying is it's about pouring our whole being into following Jesus. It's here that we begin to really not just do, but to love the spiritual disciplines. Things like Bible study and prayer and solitude. Not because we have to or because we feel guilty if we don't, but there's this turning point that happens where we begin to want to do that. We begin to see the positive change in our life as a result of doing that, and now we want to take that on fully. And this is also where we move from living a normal life where it's all about me and living a self-absorbed life to now denying ourselves, as Jesus describes it, where we're living a life that is all about contribution, giving back, living sacrificially, because we can't say thank you enough for what God has done for us. It's at this point we begin to strategically ask the question, how can I use my money, my gifts, my time, my personality to make a difference in this world? How can I use all of that to live more fully the way that I was created to live? And when we begin to live like that, this is where people begin to look at us funny because we're living counter to the culture that we exist in today. This is where we begin to fully embody the radical love of God. And so while it all sounds great, right? it all sounds like a great life to be able to live like this in what I would call the God zone, there's just one big obstacle to being able to pull it off. It's a lot of work. And most of us aren't willing to do the work that it takes to get that done. To get to the place in our life where we can live like that. There is this misnomer that because the Bible says that we're saved by grace and not by works, that there's no work involved in our relationship with God. 
and we should just sit back and wait for miracles to happen. But as we talked about a few weeks ago, what that is saying is not that, or what it is saying, that you can't, while you can't work hard enough and you can't be good enough to save yourself, only God can save you. While all that is true, it is also true that seeking God earnestly, repenting of our past, implementing radical changes in our lives and now living differently and living every day in Jesus, it is a lot of work. And it requires us to add to and make adjustments to our very, very full calendars so that we can make sure that we have the capacity for a portion of our lives for all of our lives, to be lived in God. Because the truth is, the God stuff is the first to go. Like, when we have a full calendar, we have a full day, it's Bible study, it's prayer, it's small group, it's church or whatever, it's the first to go. It's not the last. We're not fighting to make sure that we're trying to get that in, trying to make that happen. It's a pretty easy cut for most of us. And... I think it's probably because it's not really the funnest part of our lives. I mean, it's not called spiritual disciplines for no good reason, right? I mean, even the word discipline, the definition of discipline is, it implies the training that induces pain and stress in one's own life in order to grow into greater level of endurance and and strength. How's that for fun? I mean, reading our Bibles and giving our money and prayer and and small groups and serving and going to church. It may not be painful, but it sure does feel like a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of my time. And so maybe without even realizing it, we are pushing God further and further from our lives because truly it's just easier that way. It's the one thing that I can cut in my life to create more capacity to do all the other junk that I want to cram into my calendar. I would equate it to a little bit like when I started working out a few years ago. Working out was very foreign to me, and other than playing basketball three to four times a week until I blew out my ankle when I got old, and running, and I use that term loosely, Um, I never really worked out in my life. And so when I entered this pretty intense fitness class, it was a whole lot of work for me. I mean, a whole lot of work for me. And it's all about strength and balance and speed and agility. And I ain't got none of that. I am way more of like a Clydesdale than I am a Mustang, if you know what I'm saying. So it was this huge commitment. And it took a lot of discipline every day when I first started doing it because it was absolutely no fun. Every time I did it, I felt like I was either going to puke or die. (laughs) And it was very uncomfortable. But I made the commitment to just keep pushing through it until there was like this switch. And now it's become a very big part of my life. And 
I can't imagine my life without doing it. And now I have to be honest with you, I adjust my schedule, I adjust meetings, I adjust people around my workout. And that's like a priority on my calendar. And as long as I'm working out, I'm staying in shape. But what happens when I stop working out, right? This physique that you see here, this is not natural. It's a lot of freaking work. That's right. (laughs) But yet, somehow we think that, you know, when it comes to faith, like that we don't have to work for that thing. Like it's somehow supposed to just kind of hit us over the head and it just naturally happens. If we're not disciplined in doing the work of our relationship with God, we're not going to stay close to God. It's not going to happen. Our soul will begin to slip away into its slumber once again and that spiritual side of our life just won't even exist. And so in the same way that I adjust my calendar to take care of my workouts, I have to adjust my calendar to make sure that I create space in my days, in my weeks, for the stuff of God. And if I don't, it's not going to happen. If it's not on my calendar, it ain't going to happen. God asks us to create space for him in our lives, not just for some willy-nilly thing, but so that he can fill our lives with the stuff that has more value. And I would contend that the emptying out part of our life is the hardest part of the Christian life. I mean, we have jammed up our lives with so much junk that we're almost addicted to it. Like, we're addicted to that crazy, hectic schedule, and there is no capacity in our lives for God. You can't even see any daylight in that thing. And the letting go of all the junk that we pursue that has no meaning, that is the painful process of ridding ourselves of all the desires of the wrong stuff of this world, reprioritizing our lives so that we can create more capacity for the right stuff and be filled up with a passion for God. I love the way the Apostle Paul puts it in in Hebrews chapter 12. He said, let us throw off everything, not just like a few things, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. He gets the work part of this thing. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. I mean, for some of us, that's exactly where we're at, right? We're standing at a crossroads. And before we can take our faith to the next level, there are things that exist in our lives that we got to throw off. There are things in our life that are an obstacle to us growing on our relationship with Jesus and we have to figure out how to get rid of them. To throw off whatever it is that, are, that is holding us back from our relationship with God. And only you know what that looks like for you. Today we're having uh, baptisms. I love Baptism Sunday. Because it's a group of people who really get it, who understand that they, they just want to take their faith to the next level. And the, the act of baptism is really identifying with Jesus. Jesus. 
we, when we make that decision to step into that water, it's like we are making a decision to kill off our old self. To kill off the way of life that once, we once lived. And when we go down in that water, it's like we are burying all that stuff that entangles us. All of the sin, all the junk. And it just stays there. It gets buried there in that water. And when we rise up out of that water, it symbolizes the fact that we are connected with Jesus and His resurrection. That we are committing to this new life. And I'm beginning this new life. Where every day, I'm going to now live in Jesus. The problem is, Tomorrow morning, there's not going to be anything different than last Monday morning or the Monday morning before that. Right? And so now the challenge exists. While I may have good intentions at the start of each day, while I may have a strong desire to live out my faith in such a way that Jesus is always present in my life, all the stuff that the world uses to lure me away every day to the point that at the end of each day, I have to ask myself, was God present in my day today? Or did I push him aside again? What was it that was so important? Where was I so easily distracted that it kept me from making Jesus a priority again today. And I have to tell you that for me, it just frustrates me to no end. Because again, the God stuff is the easy cut. I mean, let's face it, all of us are working harder and longer and we're taking on more and more responsibility. And as a result, our calendars are getting more and more filled up and the distractions of this life carry us further and further away from being able to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Most of the time, there is no wow factor in our relationship with God. No big wave of emotion that causes us to suddenly grow spiritually. There's no magical formula. No big mystery that is revealed. It's just plain old walking every day in Jesus. 90% of the Christian faith is just filling our lives up day in and day out with the right stuff. It's just showing up in church every Sunday and making it a priority. Because We need that weekly reconnection. We have to have it. It's about just showing up in the worship time. And whether you sing or you don't, but just quietly connecting there as you stand there in God. It's about showing up in the offering time where we're giving in a meaningful way that it causes us to grow in our faith. It's about showing up at community group or in your ministry area where we're serving every week. Keeping our eyes on Jesus is about showing up every day in our Bibles and reading and prayer to keep that connection with God. The biggest part of the Christian life is the emptying out part. 
the emptying of ourselves of all of the stuff that we fill our lives up with so that we can begin to create capacity for God. And we have to make sacrifices and we have to make changes. We have to take it on and really be intentional. And then, after we begin to do it, we have to be tenacious to keep it in place moving forward. It's about creating a lifestyle that that we take on that keeps us filled up and connected with the presence of God every day, and it helps us to remember who we really are. Spiritual beings created for something so much more than just this world. I face this in my own life, and I'm not going to pretend to be something or not, because the spiritual disciplines, that's not something that comes naturally for me. And I am the worst at filling every minute of every day in my calendar. In fact, I will not only make a conference call at 3.30, I will make a conference call at 3.42 if I can fit it in. And I have to constantly scrape and struggle just to keep my own connection with God strong. I have to work to keep all the junk of my life out so that I can let all of the God stuff in. And believe it or not, the competition of stuff that that wants to be the main thing in every single one of our lives is, is really overwhelming. And it really is a competition to be first in our lives, but out of all the stuff that this world has to offer, out of all the stuff we could fill our lives with, God makes it very clear. He wants to be the first priority, not the first cut. Look, I don't have a secret for keeping your connection with God. Best I can figure, it's a constant, daily process of scraping and struggling and emptying ourselves out of all the junk of this world and filling our hearts up with Jesus any way we can find But just to cut to the chase this morning. What if we flip this whole conversation around? What if instead of asking ourselves, what is the least I can do and still get into heaven? What if we look in the here and now and we say, what can I do to live the life that I was created to live? What can I implement to live this beautiful, abundant life that Jesus promises? How can I max this God thing out to the fullest right now? If you knew your time on earth was limited, if you knew you were going to die tonight, what do you know that God would want you to get rid of in your life? What is it that's holding you back from your relationship with God that you need to throw off? What would you fill your life with? And how would you live differently?